The following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. If you can't take the heat, stay out of the fire. I am cutting that out. Oh my god, you guys are hiding this so much. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Tsunami Faithful Podcast. I am your host today, CJ, and with me I have... Sketch, your other regular host. Yes, that is true. And I'm with... Kuro, the fire cat of the Tsunami Faithful. Ooh, and bringing up the rear... Laser Kid, an editorial writer. Ah, it's so nice to have everyone in. And if you're wondering, if you're wondering why we have this illustrious group of guests for today's episode. We are going to be talking about the last five episodes of Fire Force, as well as the series as a whole, uh, the kind of legacy it left uh, on Toonami. Do we want more episodes? Do we not? All those kind of things. You know, it's going to be a very fiery episode, potentially, with a lot of hot takes, as they say. And it should be it should be pretty enjoyable, because I, I, I'll put it this way. A lot of people had things to say about this series. I had no problem finding anyone wanting to talk about Fire Force, which is good, which is very good. I'm very pleased about it. Uh, it's something that I've grown to really enjoy. And that might be my bias showing just because of the Soul Leader connection. Uh, Soul Leader is one of my all-time favorite Toonami shows and all that. So, well, it should be pretty interesting. It should be pretty interesting. And I'm really happy that everyone here... Uh, was so ready to go wanting to talk about Fire Force. Uh, in any case, but but the very important part is, before we do that, we have a bit of news. I know Sketch is very excited. You see, what's funny is that we don't do those kind of things anymore. <laughs> I would know. It's my field. <laughs> you would know. It's we, we do. It's very quick now. Or as uh, certain radio programs like to do, they like to have like cheesy dance techno music, which is... Very odd for, for breaking news. But hey, you know, whatever works for you. Uh, we found out some more information about one of Toonami's original anime projects, and that one being Blade Runner Black Lotus. On Wednesday, both Crunchyroll and Adult Swim revealed that the series will be 13 episodes long, which we did not know before, which is really awesome. We now have an English and Japanese cast that was released as well, and fans could get a first look at how the project is uh, looking on July 23rd this year during Comic-Con at home. Uh, as many of you may, may or may not know, uh, San Diego Comic-Con will be happening online, much like Anime Expo that happened this past weekend will be online due to COVID restrictions. Uh, hopefully by next year, uh, people have been vaccinated and you know we can go back to kind of being uh, more normal in crowded groups and whatnot. Although I, I'll admit, I, I don't miss those big crowds in conventions, but... But, I do. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I like the space. I like it. Uh, but yeah, uh, you can check out all the information that you uh, about the cast from the Anime News Network article. We did an article ourselves about it. Uh, to be honest, I'm not familiar with really anyone on it. Maybe the panelists here might be uh, well versed in Only it. Only Jason Spizek has really done anime before. Oh uh, yeah, the, yeah. The rest of that cast is primarily. Um, live action actors uh some some have done some animation like steven root 
gonna have Steven Root in. Uh, I know at least Jason was really pumped about Brian Cox, and I'm sure he's pumped about the entire. And he was showing some love for Jessica Henwick as well. Uh, she will be L, who I believe is the main character. Uh, maybe not. Uh, I I have a feeling I, I'm not very familiar with anything Blade Runner, so this will be a very interesting experience for me as. Uh, we progress forward with it. But it, it was just really cool, the fact that, you know, we're getting some information. Uh, a first look on July 23rd at, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time to be able to check out what it's going to look like, all these types of stuff. Like, I find that really good. And uh, adding with Fena as well coming, it's just really exciting seeing a tangible uh, endgame when it comes to... Uh, these original projects and i hope you guys are at least excited that we're getting closer and closer to uh blade runner coming to tanami i love william lee he is super hot so <laughs> i'm can i, I ask I, where I, you I, see like, him from uh lots of things he he's in um he's in lots of different movies like hold on a second let me think um he was in electra he was like the oh, bad no guy in electra he's in the wolverine oh wow um, I know he was in Hawaii Five O, but I don't actually watch it. He was in uh, Die Another Day. He was in uh, a James Bond film. Oh wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. he's super sexy. Like he plays a lot of bad guys, but I like him. <laughs> but that's more than than what I knew. And uh, I think about him. he was in. There was this. Um, hold on, let me think. There was this. AB. There was this. This series that was about dreams. In hold on, it wasn't a film. It was a series. Let me think. Let me think. What was it? 2019. Falling Water. That's it. He was in the series called Falling Water. And it was the first time you got to see him not as this edgy bad character. And he was um he was a cop and he was a good guy. He was really thoughtful and tortured. And so he's got a lot of depth as an actor. And I'm that I am really hoping that'll translate well to his voice acting. I'm sure it will. Um he's just he's yeah, he's awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> that's Yay, more, William Lee. That's more than what I knew about him, so that's really cool. Glad you can <laughs> shed some light, and glad to know that he's attractive. I, I needed to know that. I had to know that, Kuro, so thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think we should. We all needed to know that. You're welcome. You all need to know that. Good information. Uh, and Laser, you've been kind of quiet on this. What are at least your kind of feelings with this new information about Blade Runner, uh, to your attention i don't know if you even knew until now i didn't i was I, right <laughs> you are completely correct um i've been trying to keep as a huge fan of the original film i've been just kind of like i want to see what happens when it hits and see what it's like because i love the original film with harrison ford uh yeah i mean the the all i've seen are just the the brief clips of artwork and they have that same uh muted tones and colors that were in the, the the film in the 80s and so it'd be nice to see some more animated clips um just because i i really like that kind of art style that that futuristic steampunk artwork and and everything and i think i think the the cool thing about the animation is they're gonna have so much flexibility so i i, I don't normally like to say this but i will say i think the expectations are high not because it's the Blade Runner series, but because they have so much potential to take the animation further than they can with live action that it will be a shame if they don't utilize the full potential of that. And I'm just excited because I haven't experienced any Blade Runner type of 
film media at all. So I'm just I'm coming into this fresh and really. Day. Yeah. No, I have no. Well, it is a seminal piece of cyberpunk that has influenced so many things. So it's really interesting for it to, you know, get its own chance at an animated series where it has already, uh, you know, touched so many creators and influenced so many works that are animated. So it's it's like coming home. It's I all like that. Come, coming full circle. I really like that. So, but yeah, um, you could tell we're pretty jazzed up about it. And hopefully you guys are excited and we'll probably be able to get some cool first looks uh, scenes during the Comic-Con at home panel with it, which should also have Jason DeMarco at it, which is also very important on that aspect. Yes, he is on the panel. That will be very, very uh, informative for a lot of us. But that's enough of Blade Runner. Sorry, you have to go. It is now time. You're going to cut it short. I am going to cut it short because I feel like we have a lot to talk about our main topic for today of Fire Force. I'm it, so fired up, guys. <laughs> well, it, we wouldn't want to get burnt out. Oh, boy. Oh, we also don't want to burn the Midnight Oil either. I am literally leaving. Yes, we Sketch... definitely don't want to burn the Midnight Oil. <laughs> we, are, uh, we are now being hosted by Sketch. CJ is out. It was a great 10 minutes. I will see you guys later. I think CJ's been smoked. <laughs> no sketch has taught us well i'm so sorry cj i was prepared for this because i have infected the staff i am the staff infection yep yep you did give us a staff infection it's true all right all right you can email us at podcast at (laughs) tsunami faithful.com no i'm kidding um, podcast done in record time yeah <laughs> pretty much it's almost as good when i scared him about waifus well you know what they say about staying out of the kitchen cj yep yep, <laughs> oh. Oh. yep. before uh before all of our listeners have turned this episode off um we're gonna talk about the last uh five episodes since that was uh where sketch and i ended our last podcast discussion with uh, Sarah Roach, the voice of Maki, which you definitely listened to. Uh, it was a very enjoyable conversation talking about yes, all things. Yes, that was a fantastic conversation. Was... And uh, had had we really been thinking about it, we really should have had her on for this arc. Yeah, I yeah. know. That's kind of the problem for me of not obviously watching ahead. I've been kind of letting Toonami be my way of viewing shows that are on it. I'm trying to be good with that. So it definitely would have helped because as many of us know from 19, it was when we meet Maki's family. Uh, we meet her father, mother, brother, and we kind of get a feel for how Maki's kind of growing up lifestyle was like. And it, it's really fascinating too, considering uh, how protective her parents and even her brother uh, is compared to the kind of capable and rough and tumble woman that she is. So it's just, it's very fascinating seeing how that played out. And the reason why uh, her father was getting so protective, especially with this more recent story arc was because of what happened to her brother, uh, Tagaki and how he was attacked in the nether. And since fire force was going to be investigating it, uh, her father, Maki's father ended up reassigning her to make sure that she was safe. And it's funny because considering what happened in the nether for the last, like for the next like three episodes, I kind of saw his point. The problem was, is that Maki probably could have, or not probably Maki was able to handle herself absolutely fine, but you saw all these people dying on squad two. And it was just so 
freaking brutal. It was brutal. Like, Sketch and I have talked about this, and I'll ask uh, Kuro and Laser in a second. Season 2 was a lot more brutal and just, like, darker compared to the first season. And, like, the subject matter was always there. You know, people dying by burning alive. That's a very frightening and terrifying way to go. Um, but like just watching, uh, squad two just drop like flies and very bloody, bloody ways. I think someone was beheaded too, which is just, oof. uh, it, it was, it was quite a, yeah. Hajiki. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It oh, was shit, that I did not see that coming. The moment yeah. it did, like my jaw was on the ground. That was a, a, a really oh, startling scene. Very well animated, by the way, because it threw me completely for a loop. It was it was shocking. I bet. And and I guess and like I said, like, uh, we'll start with you, Kuro, too. Like, did you notice that kind of grimmer feel towards especially the end of last season as we were watching this kind of uh, assault on the nether with the white clad Evangelicus taking on, you know, squad two and squad eight? Like, because it it felt really brutal to me for, for a series that always had it but didn't quite like shove it in our faces often as it did in this uh arc i think i definitely agree that the series had an overall like both season one and season two were darker but i think they they started to ease us more into the violence and then it sort of erupted um more in this series in this part of the series because it made sense for the story to head in that direction like I felt I feel like the reason they had the violence more in your face, whereas before it was more sort of implied, is because they were trying to 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 sort of introduce this aspect of it without turning you off, bringing you into it. Because we know it's fire and it's their demon, so we we had a sense it was going to be this way. But um, that abrupt nature of seeing a character who you come in and we don't really know Hajiki that well. He comes in and he rescued some of his squad leaders and he shows this awesome power. And we're like, Oh wow, this is going to be a badass fight. And then boom, his head comes off. And then my jaw hit the ground. And then suddenly Tamaki and Juggernaut are like barely staying alive. And it just, and they get overwhelmed. And then, and, and Juggernaut at the end of that fight, like the risk was so real and the stakes are so much higher now now we see you can't just lose characters but characters can lose parts of themselves too and and it it, um it it amplifies the intensity of the show but it feels right for how this series is supposed it it, the way it, it makes sense for how what what i think they're trying to do for this series i'm not always a huge fan of violence but this um this worked, in my opinion. I definitely think it did. And like you mentioned it too, watching Orochi fight Juggernaut, like that was, that left it on a cliffhanger too when he dropped that nuke. Cause we don't know if it actually successfully worked either. It, it seemed like it, but like he was getting his body all chopped up through Orochi's whip. It was, yeah. it was, it was really tough. And so, Laser, I, I turn to you now where do you, what, what do you say about the kind of dark and grit that we were seeing, especially it being exemplified? in this uh, story arc when they were sieging the nether. I thought it was a brilliant um, evolution of the story. If they threw this up at the beginning in season one, chances are you'd just be like, okay, who is this guy? Who is that guy? Why should I care? They waited until a point where we're invested. And then the stakes went up. And I was shocked too. 
I did not see it coming. Where, all right, we're going to go storm the nether. Sure, I thought maybe you'd have heroic deaths, you know, the, or something. But losing a whole freaking squad, platoon, whatever, the, the Fire Force company, I did not see that coming at all. I was not prepared for, hey, I'm a new character. I'm badass. I don't have a head. <laughs> that's that's definitely one way to go, right? And yeah. I think, Sketch, since obviously you and I have been kind of following the story, at least more on the podcast level, I, I don't know about you, but like watching the kind of evolution throughout that fight in the nether, especially with it culminating with Shinra and um, Arthur taking on Dr. Giovanni. And it's funny because I didn't really take Giovanni seriously, especially as a combatant. I, I found him scheming, conniving, very, you know, just yucky considering uh, how what we saw in like previous uh, arcs with him. But yet he is super frightening. Those bugs are Ooh, no yeah. joke. And it's just, oh, gosh, it, it's yeah. it's funny how this evolution from like, you know, a shonen type with, you know, some darker undertones and other uh, types of uh, religious aspects that have been added to it to then culminate to something that I'm used to with, you know, bad guy fight, good guy. And it just leaving this impression to me, like I have to say for me from episode 20 to 22, those were fantastic. The storytelling, the grit, the gore, everything. It just, it felt like fire force should have ended there more so than what we got in the last two episodes. But Oh my God, I, I feel like the, the, and I feel like you can kind of piggyback off of how I feel with these three episodes too, but it really was like, felt like such a culmination to what we've been watching throughout the entire series. Yes. Yeah, gradually they've been kind of ratcheting up the stakes and there've been plenty of close calls before, but there hasn't been like a lot of death of, um, you know, other squad members. They had early in the season, they, I was really taken back when, uh, they ended up killing the other human friends of the one girl just like that. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of new. Oh, Inca's that's, friends. Uh, yeah, Inca's friends. Yeah, 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 And then she, like, feels no nothing towards them dying. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> This girl's messed up. Because she's a psychopath. I mean, I think, yeah, seriously. I think her ability... Lady becoming a pillar might have also affected that as well especially since she now works with the white clad and we've seen how mayo yeah. we know how yeah. warped they get <laughs> gosh didn't see that one coming i totally saw it coming oh uh, how may just dolling up shinra's brother oh sure <laughs> that i know was uncomfortable Very. like oh, oh we're really scares. doing the whole doll thing <laughs> She and Ritsu scare the shit out of me, by the way. They're they're <laughs> effing out. scary characters. Oh yeah, Ritsu, that's the girl who can like control dead bodies, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh god. And it's oh, funny yeah. too. Oh, and like, Brittany Lotta's performance is <laughs> very good. But what's funny is that you guys are feeling legitimate like creepy crawlies, right? Like isn't that so yeah. wild that yeah, we're getting these Giovanni's kind of a bug man. Like, right. Oh, like I'm no. not used to that type of kind of feeling with anime. We get more of the cliches, we get more of the typical action, the shonen friendship brotherhood. And yet you have, you know, as in a previous episode, we talked about Sister Iris contemplating God, contemplating her yeah. faith. And then we have this very gruesome uh, siege on the nether and, the, and just the creepy heebie-jeebies we get from certain characters. Like, it's yeah. just, it blows me away that Fire Force was able to accomplish this sketch. I think, in a way, it feels like a bit of a dramatic tone shift, but it also feels fitting because... 
I up to this point, they've always been dealing with psychos, but the ramifications haven't really been that noticeable yet. And then we get to this point and you get a whole squad that's just wiped out in an instant, basically. And you're like, oh, dang, these guys are serious. <laughs> we uh, we need to get stronger to deal with this kind of threat. And it, uh, it really uh, ratchets up the tension, to be sure. And like the whole fight with uh, Dr. Giovanni is like, oh, dang, this guy can do some crazy stuff now. And he's really formidable. But the most interesting thing about that is his whole like dialogue about uh, being glad that his experiments have gotten him closer to the evangelist due to his conversation with, uh, Shinra. with Shinra. Like, whoa, this, uh, this, this guy's real happy about messing his body up and uh, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> it's, I gotta it's funny, say, yeah. he's, he's a really... A puzzling character to me because overall you you get the impression the white clad you know they're drawn to this group with their uh evangelical religious fervor which is a theme you would see in a lot of like extremist groups in in anime and in in, in fiction in general that kind of makes sense but dr giovanni like it he's I don't really get that the sense that his he has the same beliefs and and dedication to it. So mm, aside not. from this very maybe maybe a little shallow um, you know obsession with doing experimentation and having access to do whatever he wants, I don't know what his motivations are really. I don't. He says things and he manipulates people, but like besides saying he's just he's just an asshole psycho like i don't really know what his what his motivation is in this story and you know what Kuro? that makes mm -hmm. him even scarier doesn't it i get the distinct impression he's seduced by the flame as it were the holy yes. soul you mean he, he's a moth to the flame you mean like oh, the yeah. holy soul that like uh everyone's been talking especially in uh squad one? Oh man <laughs> no i'm just i'm just saying like that that could be it too it's just to me, what Kuro's saying is what makes him so creepy to me more oh, yeah. than anything. Because you have a group of extremists, like extremists, mm -hmm. and he's looking like the sane one out of all of them because he isn't as extreme, so to say, at the moment. Like yeah, that, he has that's reason creepy. in a way, and it's it's weird. It's so you know? creepy. You know, because and... if you remember on season one, he 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 came out as being a bad guy. Like it wasn't known that he was against them until that's why i seem to remember i may be a little fuzzy on the nope, details you're no, no, right. no you're right you're yeah. absolutely right yeah so although so then, anyone paying attention was like uh oh, this dude's messed up but we didn't know how much yeah and and now he has no no filter nothing stopping him so like he can do anything and you just just don't know where where that could go at least how maya like you know her motivations are very clear and, and her intentions are very clear. She wants to cause as much chaos as possible and mm -hmm. cause as much damage as possible. And, and that kind of like raw, just unfiltered power and, and is such an immature character makes it very, very dangerous. Like she doesn't even respect her own teammates. So it makes her really like, like scary. They give her so much screen time though, which really annoys me that this 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 season overall gave a lot of the villains a lot of screen time, and I I I respect what they want to accomplish with that development, 
but I would rather have cut back some of that time and used it on other characters developing or having dialogue or or having some discussion about the implications of the things they learned in a deeper sense. Because um, I just, there's only so many times I really need to hear how Maya say, like how she wants to destroy everything and that she's crazy. You know, I get it, bitch. <laughs> we know. I, I think people, <laughs> I think the I author might've thought that it was that, the Evangelicus and White Cloud are a little more complex since the uh, Fire Brigade and the Fire Soldiers are kind of more simple in the fact of what their ultimate goal is to stop them. That might be it. Yeah, but I do pretty I, straightforward. I do so. agree on your point because I do think there were quite a few characters that didn't get enough screen time from the Fire Brigade that I think we could have used more of. And we do kind and we do kind of get that in the last two episodes, uh, twenty three and twenty four. I do think that they were kind of silly to have those in only because of how 24 ends where it feels like it's left on kind of like a knife's edge hanging over because of uh the death of squad captain four i think it's hagu and oh, like yeah, that one took me that was sure. that was brutal i rewatched it yesterday too and i was like jesus that was tough especially the fact that chinra saw his last moments when he was nearly dead himself oh, training geez. yep it's yep. just like and so like it ends pretty much like at his funeral and i'm just like Really? We're going to stop it here? It, I felt like it would have been a much better and more satisfying end if we stopped it at 22 after they finished their siege on uh, on the nether. And, like, to be fair, mm -hmm. we do get to learn more important things, like why the White Clad were after Hagoon, as well as Conroe, considering they they have sigils. If I'm, uh, again, I might be misremembering what the term was, but because they've had these close, or Adolibers, and from, you know, Infernals from before, they're being targeted. And I'm like, this is actually cool. Because A, it's involving Squad 7 with Benny Maru and Konro, and I think they're awesome. I love those characters. They are. They are. Oh, heck yeah. Hibana, oh, Captain Yubana, who didn't get enough screen time, was get was becoming more interesting to me about her inquisitive mind about the sigils and Adola Burst. You had Wong from the like paramedic squad who seems to know something that she isn't letting on and might have a sigil herself when she was treating Shinra. There was just so many questions that were left on at the end of the, ep of the season that kind of leaves me thinking, oh, that really hurts that it ends there. Like It's great storytelling if there was more to come out from it like another season but right now for someone who's an anime only like myself and i probably will start reading it because of the cliffhanger it left me on i just it it, it kind of hurts that that is kind of where we end it especially like hagu's death man that that hurt watching that was really that was brutal just how he was pierced all over his body it, it was something else and I'm, I'm curious how you guys at least felt on the handling on these last two episodes because i I don't know. It just it just doesn't seem like that's where I would want a series to end, right? Or am I crazy thinking that? And Kuro, no, I'll start with you. I mean, I wouldn't want to. Go on, Laser. Go on. I was gonna, it's, not, it's not where I'd want a series to end, but it's, I don't mind a season ending there. It's a it's a cliffhanger and it's a nasty one, but I've had worse, and it makes me excited to see where season three will eventually go. And I, I have no doubt we're gonna get one at some point. I have doubt, but that's just me. That's me being a pessimist. That's fine. It's just I I never think that another season of anything's gonna happen until it actually happens i probably won't feel that I, wait season three happened and you're gonna be all like cj we're at season six what are you talking you know what i mean like that, that's kind of how my mind works well, yeah, these things. but i get where you're coming from though because yeah no this is not where i'd want to if it was going to be done here i wouldn't want that to be done but i don't i just i my assumption when a show does that is that they know they're going to do more because otherwise why would you stop it there i hope so and david productions is like a great studio with what they've been able to accomplish for 
all their projects. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm hopeful for it, but it's just you know the pessimist in me. I'm just like, oh, it might end here, and I just I really hate it because of how much like I'm left wondering why. What are these sigils? What does Conroe have to do with it? What about that infernal he fought that was like him, his double? You know, what's Hibana and Wong thinking? What, what's Shinra gonna do now with this newfound power? You know, Tamaki yeah. actually like learns how to utilize her power a little more, right? Tamaki became an actual character. I for, know, like, two but it's just like no. there's just so okay. many like questions, and so I just I did not like where it ended here because it's like I have my inquisitive mind is like I need to know, I gotta know more, I really need to know, and it's just it probably should have stopped at the end of the previous arc. That's I what think I'm so thinking. Too. Yeah, no, I see your point for sure. But I, I will I, say, I, I like stupid cliffhanger, so I'm excited. <laughs> but I get, I, but I get what you're problem. saying. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the cliffhanger. I it it was um, it was the way that the 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 other series, the other part of the arc climaxed, and then you see essentially a training arc, um, at the end of the series, which is very odd choice, and then. I mean, I understand they wanted to use it as a segue into the other character dying and showing the Adol link and with with um, Shinra and how that impacts the next but what's coming. But it, it was an odd choice. I think what they could have done instead was lengthened some of the other episodes that were really rushed and made the 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 end of the nether fight and um, retreat the end of season two because and then they could have started off with the the firecat episode which would have been no problem i was gonna and say i feel like that would have been better that, but i think that would have been so been better if they started with that right because how do you yeah. how do you try to keep interest with newer seasons the longer show goes on all the questions i just mentioned when that like sink when you want to sink your teeth into that like wait why are they after conroe what are these sigils wouldn't you want to know more about all the characters that we got to see wouldn't that just like just grab you gosh i i i just have to say and i mentioned this briefly with in the in the ladies podcast but um tamaki really feels like a throwaway character to me and and i know i'm in i you know i'm not i know i'm the only one out of you guys who think so but I found her to be not even a useful fan service contribution. She detracted from um, action sequence. It stopped being funny really quickly on and started being annoying. Um, in the in the opportunities where, because in the season one, you thought she has some potential to be a strong character. And then as the season progressed, she just really diminished in her capabilities. And then the one fight where she sees like Hajiki get killed immediately. And she's the only person that can take the Orochi Medusa whip. She's just sitting there taking it and crying. And then when she finally, then, then of course, uh, Juggernaut, you know, saves her in this really heroic and adorable way. And then, and then she's like, Oh, well, I'm going to save you back. And then suddenly she's helpless again. And Obi has to go rescue her. And believe me, I'd want Captain Obi to rescue me any day, but it still mm -hmm. feels really cheap that, that this that she she can't you know even with her her new fire cat ability like I don't have confidence in her I felt like it was just a cheap attempt at giving her character some depth and I just didn't buy it and I don't I don't really feel anything about this character other than annoyance unlike Maki who's a fantastic character love her adore her to death and I I loved you guys' interview with with the the voice actor Maki's fantastic. 
I can I, I could say lots of things about her, but but just just wanted to at least leave off saying how I felt about the Tomaki mini arc. It was it was really silly. And that's fair because as I've mentioned, I don't really need that type of thing in entertainment, or at least in my anime. I know it's fan service is always going to be something that's in. It just depends on how much or how little, depending on the genre and whatnot. But I did give credit for how she was being depicted as being ostracized by her peers in her world because normally I would think, yeah, she would make some enemies here and there, obviously, for her lucky lecturer thing. But it seemed like everyone didn't like her, which really kind of made me pause and like, wait, really? Interesting. Okay. That's actually something I wasn't expecting with that because usually it's much different, uh, a much different reaction. So I, I do uh credit on that part of it it's just as you say it's just too little too late but the the moment itself wasn't necessarily lost on me when we were getting that little backstory at the time i appreciate getting it eventually i feel like we should have probably gotten it much sooner yeah i have to definitely agree (laughs) tamaki is my least favorite part of fire force in general but it was nice to see her get something that wasn't a stupid joke and just a little bit late. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it almost seems appropriate for those two twins to be the ones to kind of taunt her into being I a was character. Dying yeah. and laughing as they were it's like, you're names. so pathetic. <laughs> they're hilarious. He Kikage and Hinata, they're they're really funny to watch. They're funny. They were funny in season one and, and I liked I like those times when I got to see him in season two. Yeah, no, it was great. It's like, oh, wow, these girls are actually pretty strong. This is going to be hard. <laughs> their tongues are as strong as their ability sketch. Yes, so, so it would seem. So, yeah, and... so it's nice to finally see Tamaki do something other than lose her clothes. Yes. But Thank also lose her clothes. Christ. Yeah. She did that anyway. Yeah, that's... That... <laughs> I, love, I love Benny Maru's response. What do I do with this? <laughs> yes you know if they did it like a lot less and it, and i will say they did it less in this season than last season and i appreciated that but if it happened every once in a blue moon it might be funny but it happens so much it's 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 an overused gag it's not even mm. funny yeah oh like I mean, puns it, so we should stop puns thank you come again no, let's go no, no that's no, never no. overused you see the thing is puns are fun that's the difference yeah. CJ's burned out by the puns. You're welcome. I, I, well, I guess we should punish him for that. Oh. <laughs> I just want to say this about Tamagi. In the first <laughs> season, you have that whole arc about her becoming disillusioned with her squad and the, the people that she thought were good. And then you have that moment where she's a damsel in distress. And I'm like, I hate this. I really hate this. Like, can can we not do this with this character? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Gross. Well, Gross. I think this is a wonderful segment or way to segue into kind of the overall reach or the overall kind of feeling towards Fire Force as a whole. Uh, as you can clearly see our issues with Tamaki and fan service. I, I do want to talk a bit about the, the Oze family arc. Oh, you do? In, in, in that... I think it's really stupid that her brother in particular is so overly protective. I could kind of get it with her father, but her brother, like clearly not acknowledging that she's capable 
of being a soldier. It really pissed me off. And <laughs> she's powerful too. She's not yeah, she's weak. like, how can you both be like, oh, you're so muscly and not girlish, and also be like, you can't possibly handle this kind of man's work. Like that's oh, that's that. stupid. It's so stupid. I echo that sentiment. Her her father's hilarious though. I mean, yes. He's, his heart's in the right place, I guess, and he's also kind of terrible, but here's I have to bring this up. So her father feels so much like Louis Armstrong, right? And he's voiced by Chris Sabat. And her mother is voiced by Stephanie Young, who was Olivier Armstrong. Nice. <laughs> I also I really those brief moments with her mother were just so good. She's like, can we all? Come together as a family and just like slams her foot on the table. Okay, everybody calm down. <laughs> like, yes. I have one of those. This I is have exactly a mom like the that. kind of mother that Maki should have. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maki is best girl. You can't you can't argue it. There Agreed. is no arguing it. Agreed. It's who I wish I'd thought of when we did the the, the waifu episode. <laughs> I didn't think, I, if I'd thought of her, I she would have been on my list. That's funny. But like that whole time. Her brother is like messing with uh, with the uh, the lieutenant. <laughs> He's like, you 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 guys are all brutes, and Maki shouldn't be with you. It's like, dude, just <laughs> you're out of your depth. Shut up. It's really stupid. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the lieutenant, he kind of like takes it as like. Look, I understand this is your opinion. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm not going to fight you about it. Because <laughs> he's just above that. Or maybe he's, you know... He's I just think it was more interesting to want to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. maybe. But it, it's, one so those, it's one of those things where, to me, it just, it just felt so inconsequential because, like, it was stupid, it was ridiculous. I already made my comparison to Maki's brother to Ghosh from Black Clover, and you already know how I feel about that. So it's just so like, it's like this like this this manslaughter is going on and these two are kind of bickering. I'm like, what what even is happening I here, know. guys? It felt out of place. It felt a little out it, of place. It's really oh, yeah. it's really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and it was useful to see the the family dynamic like as a whole and I think the things that that we could get out of it are, you know, sort of how Maki came to be in this place and knowing why she feels so strongly like she has to prove herself and mm-hmm. be so strong and fight the way she does and and be and 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 also why she loves and respects Captain Obi and the lieutenant so much mm-hmm. so you get that sense out of her because she comes from this military background and and she's been overprotected, but also held to very high standard at the same time. So those elements were useful. But as you said, the brother, the brother part was just, it was very throwaway. The whole dialogue was throwaway. I don't think I would have missed anything if they hadn't had that. Um, and I'm not even sure, like, even the end when she shows up, it was the weird part was when she left and then came back. And then it was like, they all knew she, the you know, Obi was like, yeah, yeah, we knew you were coming back and come do this. And then, and she's like, here I am just in time. And, and not like t- super do sex machina, but it was like a little bit. Cause it, cause then mm-hmm. they acted like, like it was totally normal. They expected that all along. It was, it was a little odd, but um, I 
I, again, I liked seeing her in this more um, vulnerable aspect and then being, being able to see her overcome that because she's awesome. Mm -hmm. She's a great character. Also pretty clever that they have a communication device for the eight. <laughs> that was freaking hilarious. I like I'm, I mean, you can come up with some pretty good stuff if you got somebody as, as smart as, uh, 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 Victor? Vulcan. Victor? Vulcan. Oh, Vulcan. Victor's yeah, pretty they're smart great, They're great on this team. Vulcan and Lict are like the the best uh, additions to Squad Eight. I'm I'm happy that they joined. Mm. Likewise. So I'll open it up to everyone, uh, and I can kind of finish it up at least when we get there. What are your overall impressions of Fire Force? As well, uh, when you look at it, when you kind of think about uh, tsunami shows in general. When you think about uh, kind of the Adult Swim run as well, uh, I'm pretty pleased. Um, there are some things obviously I would change. I especially hope there's another season, which obviously Toonami can't or can't control, so it's whatever. But I'm curious on what uh, you guys kind of feel overall as a show, as a property, and for Toonami, you know, going for Fire Force. I don't know if they did because of the Soul Eater connection. I don't know if they just did because a lot of people were requesting it and it was. Uh, excuse this pun, but a hot commodity at the time. But I'm curious on uh, your guys' overall thoughts on the series and, you know, how you feel about, you know, the property as a whole. And uh, I want to start with Laser. I'm, I'm curious with you, Laser. I want to know your overall thoughts when you hear the word Fire Force on Toonami. Well, I mean, first thing that's always going to happen whenever I think about Fire Force, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the show itself per se, but I'm always going to have warm feelings towards it. No pun intended that time. It was the first guest article I wrote for Tanam Faithful was about Fire Force. So I've always going to have that connection in the back of my head. But I've always enjoyed about 80% of the show. Tamaki has always been the, the downside for me where I'm like, oh, come on but I've loved the characters other than... Well, I love the characters that are actually characters. Uh, I've loved the story. Season 2 has given me a lot of depth and a lot of changing the uh, weight of what's going on, giving it stakes that I wasn't expecting it to have, making it feel a lot more unique. I appreciate it a lot. I just wish it wouldn't do certain things. It would be the ultimate thing I'd say about it. And that's... Uh, I, I find that to be fair. So what was it... Other than Tamaki, was it really more of the was a series like character driven for you? Would you say that it was? Yes. That's what really, and that's oh, what you yes. look for when you come for anime that's on Toonami? I mean, I I'm I'm always gonna love character driven stories. That's just me. Uh, but yes, uh, absolutely. Um, that is what I love about it. Shinra is a character in his whole storyline, trying to find ways to prove that he's not a bad guy, trying to find his brother, finding him, trying to save him, that whole storyline. You've got Maki trying to prove herself to her family, trying to prove herself to the eighth, trying to show that she has what it takes. We have uh, Captain Obi, no powers, but wants to be able to show how good he can handle a situation. I loved what they did with him at the end of season two. That was fantastic. What do you think you're going to do without powers? Ha! I've been ready for this my whole life. I've been practicing. Oh, God, it's so great just to see the characters interact and grow and change. As you can see, Laser has given his signed seal of approval of Fire Force. <laughs> Clearly. It's... it's it is approval, but it's also with, with caveat. And, and that's the part that I don't like, because... I don't want to have to give caveat. The parts the I would like. Approval with really asterisks. Like. Yes, 
The yeah. parts I like are great. I just yeah. wish I didn't have to have that asterisk. Yeah. So then, with the asterisk part, does that diminish it too much for you? Is it something that you think the series or Toonami should have passed? I think that's an important no, question no, since no. you add that. I wouldn't say Toonami should pass, and I don't regret it, but it makes it really hard to recommend to people. Okay. Mm. okay. That's interesting. That's very I fair. I would disagree on that. Well, then, Kuro, you're exactly who I'm going to next, so give me, <laughs> hit me, hit me with it, hit me with it. I have my little pro-con list, so... Oh, um, shit. I, I would say... I, I disagree also on the fact that I, I see it as a uh, character driven. I see this, this, the way, the reason it fits in so well with Toonami is because of the animation, animated action sequences. The uh, visual aesthetics are incredibly appealing, uh, appealing, excuse me. Um, there's excellent lighting effects, backgrounds, colors. Um, you see a variety of, fire related abilities that are really well animated and and there's some good exposition on how they work and how they interact with other people's abilities and there's just so much creativity with these fight sequences you know every time you see a fight sequence it's going to be good quality and and what i've come always to expect traditionally from toonami is animated action so in that instance it fits in perfectly with the Toonami brand and I, I love that uh, about it and then getting to the story and the characters that that though are great is secondary to me as far as as what is good about the show um, the story has some really interesting mythology you know this world collapse um, the development of this religion and evangelists and the re revelation that these are all sort of farces and reasons we don't know what which leaves a lot of question what's going to happen so it's 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 great that there's some mystery leaving us wanting more like you talked about cj some this this very tantalizing uh, a bit of information that we know just enough about amaterasu to know something of uh, you know what what it's made out of and who's there but not enough to know like why is it so important and what happens and what's the connection with the evangelist and even who really the evangelist is and um story story keeps keeps moving great uh, uh characters too i am i've already said how much i love maki i'm absolutely in love with uh shinman benimaru he is a really great deadpan funny character but also his fighting sequences are just so badass he's very likable um and he's he's got enough of like i don't give a damn attitude that we've seen in other characters we like, you know, characters like Mugen from um, uh, uh, um, Samurai Champloo and from, from Cowboy Bebop. Like he's, he's got that kind of a character appeal of this, of this character of this, uh, um, I don't give a damn protagonist. And so I, I like that. And then all the squad eight characters, they're just, they're really fun mix. You know, Arthur's very quirky and he, He's so funny. He's always, I always enjoy seeing him, but at the same time, like he comes in at the right moment and he fights really well too. And of course, Shinra, Shinra's your, you know, even though he's a, he's a stock, uh, character as a, as a, um, as a shonen character, he's, he's a good one. It's a, it's a, it's a stereotype that works. So I like that. Do you want me to get into cons or do you... <laughs> I mean, I just want you to keep going until you feel <laughs> you have explained adequately how you feel about the series as a whole. The music, the, the music was really excellent too. They have this interesting way of amping you up in the OPs 
and then sort of winding you down in the outros and having some reflection like that that one outro where Arthur's sitting on the on the top of the van and he's fighting the demons like I could literally watch that for like hours I think because it's so and I was just so entranced by it and I was like I think I at one point looked up the video and just watched it over and over again because I was like this is very satisfying so they do they do a great job with the uh, with the music and and you know the co composition um the drawbacks for me uh are I think the way they do the character development it's sporadic and it's ill-placed they put it in the middle of action sequences um, they give villains, as I said before, two lengthy conversation sequences where I would rather see character development for characters I like. Um, who's the one? I can't remember the the one black character. He's like the one epic black character, Ogun. and they don't spend any time giving him giving him um, giving him screen time. And I was just like, he seems so cool, and his power seems so cool, and like that was something I would have liked to have seen rather than. Um, Hameo like go on and on about what a psychopath she is, you know. Um, we talked about Tomiki. Um, but my biggest, the biggest drawback for me actually is the pacing. This series, it's like it takes all the criticisms from other shonen that move too slow, like One Piece and Naruto, and it took the wrong lessons from it, and it tries to cram too much information into one episode and it moves through these sequences so quickly and it moves through these conversations so quickly and I just get whiplash almost every other episode I get whiplash from the back and forth of of what they're trying to tell me and and it's it's very frustrating because it's like you're giving me quality you don't need to move fast slow down like it'll be okay you can make that juggernaut fight last a whole episode on its own it doesn't need to be five minutes it could have been 20 minutes and i would have enjoyed it you know or 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 any or the the training one the training one was actually very enjoyable it was so funny to see arthur and shinra you know having their moments with with benimaru and and going back and forth with him and they like cut it into a very small sequence and i'm like this is this could have been an interesting little train whole training episode like just little things like that they 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 condense it way too much and i worry that this is a growing trend in newer anime as opposed to some of the classic shonen we see that as i said we've taken the wrong lessons from long running anime and now we're going to lose something if we keep up with this trend of 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 shoving a lot of information into series so i I would uh, I would like to see that improve. It's a very good series, but it could be excellent. That is very, very eloquently said. Very <laughs> nice. And like I do, I see your points on some stuff because I do feel character development in the middle of a big fight. The biggest one to me that we see is when uh, Shinra and Tamaki fight uh, Rekka back in season one, because you got a little bit of that like in between. And I'm just like. You had, a, you had a little bit of, like, in between where I'm just like, no, no, no. I want to see the badassery. Let's just mm -hmm. get to that. And that's just mm -hmm. one example that comes to my mind kind of thing. Nothing to extrapolate from that. But Joker. I, there's a good one. Oh, I know. We could have used oh, a lot man. more Joker. We could have used well, a lot more Joker. Well, then we see a Joker. Joker fight, and then all of a sudden, like, in the middle of it, you see a brief scene where he's sexually assaulted. Like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> wait, don't go any further. I need to recover. Yeah. I can't keep watching. Give me a minute. You know? Whiplash. Mm -hmm. 
and it makes sense and i i that that's another reason why i'm wondering are we gonna get a third season and maybe they weren't sure either so it's it's tough it's definitely tough and so you say pretty much a lot of the cons kind of hold it back from being kind of remembered a lot for you as a tsunami show no um no, okay. i i would say that it's got a lot of things that redeem it you know as long as they keep having those superb animated action sequences and keep doing something original with that and and of course the the coloring the lighting the the the, the drawing quality um i think that is a I think that makes it tsunami worthy and they have other, other story arcs, you know, the OB rescue arc and um, Arthur's adventure, St. Raffles. Like I know stone pillars just from perusing the, the manga. I know that they have a lot more story that they can build on here. So um, I, I'm very optimistic and, and I'm, I'm fine with waiting. There's plenty of anime tsunami can get, but, but um, if anyone listens to this, Please don't rush it. Take your time. I can wait, and I'm going to watch season three. You better have a season three. And you better bring it to me, Jason. <laughs> Curl bring coming in with, three. Coming in with I'm demands. With we better get that season three. <laughs> uh, Sketch, I know it's going to be a tough act to follow, but what were your overall impressions and thoughts of Fire Force as a whole, especially when you hear the phrase, Fire Force was on Toonami? Uh... <laughs> I feel like it won't be too long. If there isn't more, I feel like it won't be too long before the phrase will be said, Fire Force was on Toonami? And uh, that's kind of unfortunate. But I, uh, in the moment, it's a pretty neat show. It has some things going for it. But will it be memorable? I kind of feel like Toonami's had way more memorable shows. And that not necessarily a fault to fire force. I mean, it's got some stiff competition, but at the same time, does it stand out? Maybe in some ways, maybe not all in good ways. I think it does, but I'll, I'll get to that on my part, but I'm, I'm very curious to hear your side of this very much. But, you know, there's so many, uh, I mean, right now in the past couple of years tsunami's played so many other shonens black clover my hero academia mm-hmm. and does fire force stand out compared to those two debatable and it's it, it's just i'm not really sure how to put it but if there isn't more i don't think it'll have a really long lasting legacy where people will really remember that this show aired on Toonami, but I don't think that's uh, like something that is only true of Fire Force. I think that's the case for a lot of shows that have aired on Toonami in recent years, but I I don't really want to get into that. (laughs) Because in the moment, uh, I think Fire Force has grown on me a lot from where it started in the first season, where I was kind of on the fence for part of it, and then it started to win me over, but there were so many things that kept adding up to be negative aspects to the show, and those died down a little bit, but still overall persisted. Mm-hmm. And I like that they finally gave some shine to Maki and Tamaki, but it's so late in 
the story so far. And I mean, that's probably how it was in the manga, but it's kind of a bummer that it, it took that long for that to happen. Like they've already introduced so many other characters before they really fleshed out these two characters, but at least they got there eventually. And I, I think the lore of, is one of the strong points of the series because it's really interesting stuff, mm-hmm. particularly, you know, the disillusion of the fake religion, like that particular episode where you have Iris contemplating what this means to her, and then you have that really, uh, uh, the uh, Lieutenant Ho Yan telling her, you know, and it, what matters is what you believe in yourself, not what, you know, what. There's, what's the nature of faith? Yeah. The very yeah nature what's the nature of faith? Of faith? Mm-hmm. It's, it was very poignant. And I thought, oh, that's, that's a really interesting perspective, considering you were just basically like, ha, this faith is all fake. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, but I mean, I really feel like they could have gone more into that. So the fact that it was only spent like half an episode on that and the other spent on some really nonsensical stuff, which was really funny for the most part, <laughs> it uh, kind of kind of lessens that overall. Mm. But I, I do think they're they're building up an interesting mythology here. You'd like to know more about uh, all of what you know, the history of this world and why things are the way they are. And there's some definitely disturbing aspects about the world that you'd like more information on. And it would be a darn shame if the manga doesn't continue to get an anime adaptation, but at least there's the manga in that case. And overall, I I think it's doing a good job of... uh, writing compelling stories and adding more to this world and giving us a good look at how other parts of the fire force operate, which is good. I think that's all good stuff, but at the same time, you still have the bad jokes with Tamaki. You still have some kind of this, unfortunate (laughs) things in the middle here that are uh, at at some point you have to ask yourself if you can just shrug these things off or if they're a real problem and it's it's leaning more towards the real problem like uh laser said it makes the show a little hard to recommend to people which is unfortunate like i i have a friend who just does not want anything to do with this series like, I, I didn't really try to coerce him into watching it because he'd already made the point that he absolutely wants nothing to do with it. But I was like, hey, this one actress you like is in the dub. And he's like, I don't care about that. Don't talk to me about that show. <laughs> like, okay, man. That's some didn't, strong feelings. Didn't mean anything by it, but uh, <laughs> some people have very strong feelings about the exploitation of Tamaki and particularly uh, some people who were Soul Eater fans, and this is interesting because CJ, as a Soul Eater fan, really likes this series, but there are plenty of Soul Eater fans that do not like this series. They think that it's 
a dramatic downgrade in the writing to Soul Eater. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but I kind of see where they're coming from. That, like, that's the myth of the of the uh, um, golden past. You see that all the time with people. Oh, it was because this was the past. This was amazing. I this this is just the mythology people build in their own heads. They do with tsunami. They perhaps, do with anime. They do everything. But at least in this regard, it's kind of hard not to look at Soul Eater and think that it did a better job with its female characters. I know a certain cat lady who would beg to differ with you. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's Blair, but she was not that prominent. Like, she's not as prominent as Tamaki. True. <laughs> I'm not so sure that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I tend to look at it you, in the sense of... You balance that out the with... The problem is, is that you forget about her and then you watch it. I, I've Maka and even, like, the complexity of Medusa. And then, of course, Krom, who's kind of... Androgynous. Androgynous is not necessarily one gender or other, as far as I can mm -hmm. remember. But, like, it, they did a better job with those characters, I feel, than the majority of the female characters in this series, which is unfortunate. Because you'd think that they would get better at writing female characters and not worse. <laughs> but, uh, it is what it is, I guess. But as far as, like, the main cast goes, I think it has a good main group. Like, the uh, Company 8 has a good team on it. you got Obi as the leader, who is just so badass. So yeah. cool. It's great to have this character who doesn't have powers, but wants to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders, basically. Like, man, you're a cool guy. And I appreciate you. He's he's always you know he's he's like he's like the good dad. He's he's always looking out for his team and he's always willing to offer good bits of wisdom. And he's also a goofball when he wants to. And that's and he's willing know. to strip for the calendar piece, which yeah, I really absolutely expect. that <laughs> still one of the best episodes. Of the season. I was so appreciative <laughs> that they were willing to go both directions on the fans this season. I actually thought that was hilarious. It's I very it's it. very good that they did that. Yeah. But yeah, you have you have some fairly cliched characters in here, but I think they do a good job of you know having them stand out in certain ways. So that's good. But like I said, at the end of the day, does it really stand out on Toonami? It certainly looks very nice, <laughs> as Kuro mentioned. And it I'm not gonna say it doesn't belong there because it's an action show and there's plenty of action and th that's not even necessarily a prerequisite to be on Dunami anymore but it's it's not a bad fit by any means I don't think it was regrettable that they picked it up I enjoyed watching it for the most part so I don't know well I guess we'll see how its legacy pans out if there isn't more but if there is more bring it on I want to see what happens next pretty fair assessment Mm -hmm. I do have a kind of a hot take. I really find it funny how there, hot take. there are anime fans that have a problem with how Tamaki was done, but are like celebrate Sword Art Online with how it handles female characters. So whoa, whoa, that, whoa, whoa, that kind whoa, of comment whoa, falls whoa, on deaf whoa, ears whoa. on me. Those two, that <laughs> you will be hard pressed to find somebody who thinks Sao has good female characters 
and Fire Force has bad female characters. I'm just saying it's not mutually exclusive where you say, oh, it's, I wish they handled not. female characters better when there are other shows that are praised a ton that also take care of female characters very poorly. I find that very funny to me. Yeah, but not by this. The people who criticize Fire Force are very likely the same people who criticize SAO for being... I certainly hope so. More, more than a little navel-gazy. I, I certainly hope so, but... I also realize that, you know, fans can be fickle in certain aspects of certain things. Blinders can be on. And while I do agree that I do think Soul Eater is better overall, I I never got the sense of, like, I was so, I want to say, like, hurt that uh, Fire Force is what it is. Because I definitely could live without Tamaki even being in the series at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> And that's not to say yes, that. I do know what you mean. And that's not <laughs> well, to say. And we could all live without Blair too. <laughs> I and it's funny yes. because I certainly loved her pumpkin song, but yes, I could. Blair was to me the characters oh, were were the the main cast of um, what's the it called? Cast of Tamaki was adorable. <laughs> right. No, but but of course you also had like really bad moments with the Thompson sisters with Kid. He kept grabbing them on the chest, measuring their yep. boobs. Yeah, yeah, there there were some groping. So I moments. mean, honestly, like, are we really surprised? So I, I like I say, I call call into question some of the validity of these complaints if they're not being fair and thinking about the other types of issues that come up on previous works from the author and other mm -hmm. anime that's also been you know widely accepted and you know acclaimed even. And I know <laughs> Sword Art Online is this more of a straw man argument. I'm just saying in general with other anime and things along those lines. I also have a personal problem with how young these characters are. It's like, Maki's only 19, and all the other girls are way younger. And Very, yeah. And that's, a, that's an anime problem in general. It, yes, it is. Yeah. I was about to say, this, this fantasy, My Hero Academia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, oh, MHA ages its characters at least, as does as does Naruto. But there's a general issue in anime where they have this golden age of teendom, and I'm like, I was a fucking idiot as a teen, and and I was a smart <laughs> teenager, but I was dumb. There's Iris no is way. Such a precious girl. She's only fifteen. Yeah. Don't like, her. Yes. These people. These people need to 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 start giving some adults some spotlight in this it's right. okay kids will still watch it they're still gonna watch it i promise they watched iron man and iron man was a grown-up they're gonna watch hey, when i was shit. a kid i watched team and then that was a grown-up exactly <laughs> so Sorry. that's that's at least kind of my like well let's be a little bit fair here on that and I do agree. Oh, sure, it is a general problem with anime. Right. And I do agree with Sketch that while I may think it might be a little more memorable, I don't think it might be... I think you many fans are going to be asking the question, wait, Fire Force was on Toonami? Especially if it ends here. And I think the main issue for that is also because our general lack of attention span, which is... Oh, definitely. Which is really bad on on. But Toonami it's not going to be like, who remembers Dimension W aired on Toonami? I certainly do. Oh, I mean, we do. I certainly do. I mean, Top ten, baby. I even here, I, 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 I'm who remembers the where the like... Batman aired on Toonami? I do. Okay. Batman, we had a that, whole podcast about that. You're asking the wrong yeah. group of people, yeah. Sketch, because we, mm. yeah, we all remember. We all remember. I remember. But it's definitely one of those things where I think Fire Force might be one of those series that surprise you that people aren't asking that as much. And the two reasons I think of that is, one, uh, on the social media side of it, our our Toonami News' Twitter feed, whenever it mentions Fire Force, does really well, surprisingly. 
we even made a trend surprise for a good morning tweet or a good night tweet which yep. i mean dying of laughter i was like really of all the things to have blow up it's a good night like what is wrong with twitter y'all need to go to sleep but um uh i found it funny and i honestly found sarah roach the voice of maki such a great ambassador for the series how oh, rare is it that someone who has worked on it live tweets every episode mm -hmm. and she stayed with it considering all the all the times it moved later and later when you have actors and actresses who are like hey i can't stay up and i totally get that like sleep is good <laughs> like by all means take it but uh with earlier shows right you might have someone pop in and be like yeah i'll like tweet about my hero academia this time or and then they don't show up another week or you'll have you know others just don't at all i've yet to see many tweets during yashihime sadly uh when it comes to the more industry side of things which you know it's it saddens me because i want to see obviously their thoughts about it and i think that's really important and yet fire force had such a great ambassador for it and you know to be fair uh outlets like ours and toonami squad you know were showing the spotlight of you know sarah continuing her uh you know live tweets of the block her you know kind of ambassador for you know the series as a whole which i think helps uh like I, silverstein he did that he was really good about doing that too with his characters on hunter hunter right and what what i give sarah more credit for is that there were even episodes where you barely saw maki and she still tweeted about it which i really really like like it, it didn't have to be a episode centric to her character. It didn't have to be an episode with her character at all. And mm -hmm. she just happened to really like, which I, I think that might resonate more so just because of that factor than anything, which I find interesting. Um, I really give fire force credit for the fact that it tackled a difficult topic, such as religion. Like mm -hmm. people get so touchy about that. And understandably. So like, that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just, that happens you know you think it also surprised me with the level of of surprising amounts of attack they didn't give you one answer it's they gave you something that sketch and i have talked about on previous episodes where it is kind mm -hmm. of impressive and while i may like a certain magical index there are some moments where it's not tactful whatsoever absolutely 100 absolutely not tactful in that and i at least appreciated the fact of bringing in that type of subject into a part of media and I thought Fire Force absolutely outshined it, which I think is impressive. I give it credit for. Music was mm -hmm. great. Animation, the fights, the eerie smiles and like just creepy kind of faces we got throughout the entire thing. And the the faces when they were all high as a kite when they were in China. That was really funny too. <laughs> um, so I, I find it I find it in this kind of loophole area where the reason why I think people are gonna forget about it is because it had these highs and lows that kind of when you average it out it goes into oh right you know what i mean like it had some mm -hmm. really great highs but it also has some really bad lows mm -hmm. and while it has some great representation as it comes to cast members i know derek snow tweeted more uh, about it there were other characters that came out sarah was just the one that was there from like start to finish which is commendable so that helps but then you have uh like episodes with tamaki you know, just flashing everyone, and then you'd have the Toonami fandom go to horny jail. And it's like, <laughs> that's not good. That's, like, as much as I understand that, like, there's going to be, you know, sex elements, you know, attractiveness elements when it comes to media that we consume in anything. Live action, cartoons, whatever, you name it. 
there comes a point where I don't want that to be what the show is known for. And sadly, I think that's what Fire Force is going to be known for because how blatant, because how awkward, because how just really, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it, it just, it's just... It's and in your face. It, there's that, but it's just like, it's just off-putting, right? It just makes my skin crawl because I don't need that. Do I enjoy, you know, seeing Maki look pretty? Absolutely. Especially considering how she's like, oh, I wouldn't look cute in a dress. Like, girl, who fucking cares what other people say? Wear a dress. Do what you want. Don't let anyone it's tell you. It's tasteless in how it does it. Well, well that's obvious, too. And it's, so it, it just, mm. it, it bothered me because that's the thing that people are going to be remembering most. Not the just wonderful animation of the fights, especially with the vibrant colors of how Flame is depicted. Not the type of, um, I guess, questioning faith and how important that is for someone who is a devout follower in some religion or some that's not, who might either rediscover it or strengthen their own kind of wherewithal and their own self-awareness of how they fit into this world. Very poignant, very beautiful, very touching moments, you know? And stuff what that did you I... think about the pacing? You haven't mentioned that, so I'm just curious about your thoughts about the pacing. I... It bugged me on certain aspects where it felt that more time could have been used. I think if they paced the Siege in the Nether, it would have been better where it would have ended with that instead. And I think it kind of sped up to the end thinking, oh, crap, we have two. It's like they were doing that too fast and like, oh, shit, we have two more episodes. Oh, we have two more episodes. Ah, oh, we could just slap this in. So like that, that definitely kind of bugged me in a sense. And I think there were parts where... I wish it kind of sped up a little bit, at least uh, toward the middle. The more I, the more I'm kind of like looking back on it. But to me, the to me the pace wasn't really kind of what I what I focused on more so. Like it didn't. While there were aspects of it that I definitely wish could have been you know different. To me, it's just more about this this problem that it has of what it's going to be remembered for. So it's either going to be really remembered because of the blatant fan service that's in your face and makes at least me personally uncomfortable or it's going to be remembered because of you know the good things that happen and then of course you're going to have the other side it's going to be not remembered and not liked because of these moments because of you know not really resonating because of the pacing maybe and so it's kind of like it, it's it's very polarizing I, I and i didn't quite think it was as polarizing but the more you talk to people about it the more you list the cons of it it is and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that it's divisive. And I think that's what's going to hurt its overall legacy. Does it have great uh, ambassadors for it? Absolutely. I'll even put myself in that. I will definitely be an ambassador of the show because of the highs that I really, really enjoyed and the subjects that so it touched. I. You know what I mean? Like, And that's me mm -hmm. saying that. And I'm saying that despite how much I really dislike the blatant fan service. And, and just... What they've done with, as Sketch was mentioning, Tamaki, Iris, these very, very young female characters. And guess what? Considering what we saw with Maki later on of her character development, what we saw with Tamaki with her character development, it was, it's kind of like a slap in the face, considering we could have had these moments earlier, hopefully without any of the fan service, and then it kind of just... It's almost as if it's almost as if it would have been better if it never happened, and we just stuck with the fan service because that way it's like okay, easy, get it out. I don't have to deal with that. But then you saw the potential, and you're just like, oh, that's frustrating. 
that's super super frustrating but and i don't i don't really care if there's going to be like soul leader fans coming at me because i barely go on the internet as is you guys really don't know what happened in soul leader if you're going to be like oh this is just as bad because there are moments in soul leader where you're like oh that's that's not good and i love soul leader i absolutely love it i love the anime love the manga i love the aesthetic i love halloween so do I. I love the halloween oh, yeah. aesthetic it's amazing but it's one of those things where it's like I'm not here to pick and choose what works for my argument or what doesn't. And that's what bugs me the most. And I think people mm-hmm. tend to do that mm-hmm. a little too much with certain series, more so than they should. And that's, you know, that's just how it is. And again, well, if, if you got a problem with that, then by all means. That's a solid assessment, CJ. And, and um, you, you list the pros and cons and you say why you like it. And I'm with you. I would recommend the series. And I'm not inclined to quote-unquote um compare it to soul eater i mean you 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 know yeah obviously it has the same director the same way we might say watanabe work um you know might be we we talk about those and the similarities between those it's obviously the style of the director to have this style this kind of animation and these these kinds of characters and action sequences sure do you mean the the author yeah yeah okay sorry no no no. i was like wait a minute was it the same director because if that's the case that'd be from director to 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 oh my god i was gonna say director for one and now i meant the author that was so i would have lost my mind like they got the same director from soul eater oh my god that's (laughs) better i think honestly too they compared themselves because of all the callbacks from soul eater in it we had freaking soul or not soul um death scythe we had death scythe in there we had the moon like oh god we had the moon at the end there yeah i think it compared itself which i didn't think helped we are we are stuck on and our and tsunami fans and anime fans are really bad at this the myth of the golden past it it runs hard with with all of us and it's just this idea that there was this better this better time and this was better in the past and all these things were better before and i've gone back and watched things in the past and i'm like oh i don't like this as much as i liked it the first time or now i'm seeing problems i didn't notice before it's just the effect of, you know, the shine and the newness of it is worn off and then you see it a little more real. So it's it's so it's so unfair to make those kinds of comparisons, I think, um, you know, especially with a series like this. And that's why I say it's a good series. It could be so much better, but it's still better, yeah. a very good series. And I still would recommend it. And I still I enjoy watching about it. I enjoy talking about it. It's just it's fun. And and for me, that's what anime should be. It should be fun. Yeah. Well, and it's one thing to recognize the flaws in something, but that doesn't mean you have to hate it. You can like <laughs> something that has flaws. It's okay. Not everything's perfect. Most things have flaws. <laughs> no, but I, I do see at least somewhat of an extent if people are consistent with it. Because, again, that does... There's issues in a lot of things that just bug me. We've just talked about one of the more popular animes that's been out there with My Hero Academia. It's there. So it's just, it, it comes to me of what's your threshold. And I, I don't know. I can't answer that. And so for me, yes, I like it. I actually don't think I would recommend it necessarily to other uh, non-anime fans. <laughs> but if if I knew someone who liked um, kind of grittier things, like if someone came to me and was like, man, I really enjoyed Helsing Ultimate. I need something that's like it maybe a little more tame. I don't know. Like just the Halloween aesthetic or High School of the Dead or kind of things. It's like, oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe I would even throw it to someone who didn't necessarily mention like those two series, but like it, 
like uh, I think it might have been Sketch who said this, but like I wouldn't necessarily sh- sure if I could recommend it. And there might be some instances where I'm just like, eh, you know what? Let's see how freaked out they'll be when they see this, right? <laughs> it'd be great. <laughs> it'd be a great story. Um, but then again, like um, there's a series that I didn't think uh, family members of mine would like, Konosuba, and they freaking found it hysterical, right? And there are some yeah. very raunchy scenes in there while, again, I find them humorous and I understand, you know, the whole concept of Konos- Konosuba. I kind of, you know, was, I probably was going to either be like, oh, that was great. You could come to the next family dinner or son, you can't come back to the family dinner anymore after that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so when I think Fire Force after is- After the Succubus episode, you've been disowned. Oh, yeah, no. pretty much. Um, I-, I will say family members found that hysterical. So I'm good. I'm sure. good. Purification. Uh-huh. But um, it's one of those things where I think Fire Force might be a series where you're unsure if you're going to be invited back again to recommend something, which is kind of funny to <laughs> phrase it. But it's honestly like it fits so perfectly that I love that. That makes me actually appreciate it even more. Yeah, and I mean, you, the, the more, more anime you watch, the more I've noticed I kind I'm kind of nose blind to a lot of levels of fanservice. That's to be really out there for me to go oh that's fan service a lot of times i'll just pass by and i'm just not even recognizing it yeah it's just it's it's funny but i i think everyone really kind of gave just wonderful commentary about fire force i really i know it might be a little longer than i than episodes normally i host but honestly i hope you guys uh listeners out there really take in everything that we're saying because i think every Every aspect and opinion that were said here was so valid. Like, it feels so great. It, Sketch, I agree. I wish we did bring Sarah for this episode. I think it would have been phenomenal. I think it would have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, but that will do it for this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. And, and it was a good one. It was a very good one. And I felt like I got closer to everyone on here, more so than the waifu episode, which says something. <laughs> uh, and uh, on that note, I'll do some house cleaning. I actually remembered... To get the script out this time sketch you can be proud of me um good job i didn't do that on the previous episode oh you didn't oh we've already been talking for three hours forget it (laughs) it's funny the last two episodes i've hosted i'm like oh shit well time to edit that out oh my god i just remembered you didn't do the house cleaning (laughs) well i don't do it it is true, actually. Sketch is allowed to not do it. I'm not. I still have to earn my stripes on this. That's how I'm it, not allowed to skip it either. It's how, it's how we work. Uh, but uh, you can email us at podcast at com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify. If it hosts podcasts, you will be able to hear the Toonami Faithful Podcast. And you can find every episode of the podcast to stream online on soundcloud.com slash Toonami Faithful Podcast. And that's not all. You can get the latest news by following Toonami News on Twitter, where you can read our editorials, reviews, retrospectives, everything. Anything and all, we bring you every type of coverage you can think of about Toonami. And don't forget to subscribe to the Toonami Faithful Pass at patreon.com slash Toonami Faithful, where we post all of our behind-the-scenes interviews from the Toonami documentary, What Toonami Means to Me. Hopefully you'll be able to check that out. And if you haven't already checked out the documentary, you can check that out on our YouTube and our Facebook page at Toonami Faithful. Do it. 
Check it out. It's awesome. Sketch, I'm not going to lie. That was the best I've ever read the house cleaning. That feels good. That felt excellent. That was really good, actually. We need I'm to, a little jealous. We need to cut, <laughs> save proud. that, and just good put job. it at the end of every episode until the documentary behind the scenes are done, and then I'll have to redo it so I can have Dude, I'm gonna I'm going to copy and paste that into all mine, <laughs> too. You can house clean for me now. And on that note, on that note, I know we're getting silly because we realize it's toward the end and we love each other very much. And we're tired. <laughs> I'm a little tired, yes. Uh, laser, laser, where can our fans find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LaserKidPrime. Uh, you can also find me on the Dumb Waves podcast whenever we update that, and I'm an occasional guest on the Demon Slayer podcast. Oh, who likes Demon Slayer? I'm just kidding. I don't know. Some <laughs> some 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 dumb weebs, apparently. Ah, I see what you did there. Something like a million people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I still need to see that movie. I will get to it. I oh, so good. It's, it's so good. I need. Why aren't you using your own Funimation account to watch the Demon Slayer movie? Seriously, it's I haven't Funimation. had time. So well, bad. you know it is a two-hour movie, so I can understand. I, that I will, one. I will, I promise you. I need to know if trains are involved. And uh, I Curl. saw it well, in the just, theater, CJ, and it CJ, was amazing. Just remember, nothing bad happens on trains. And now I get to go run from Allison. Exactly, <laughs> Curl. Where could our listeners find you? You can find me on Twitter at Happy Curl Kitty. You can find me writing editorials for the uh, Tsunami Faithful News uh, website. Um, and by the time of the airing of this episode, you'll be able to read my retrospective on Fire Force. And hopefully you'll be able to see the start of, which I mentioned previously, a miniseries concerning Japanese mythology featured on Tsunami, as well as I host occasionally Ladies of Tsunami Faithful Takeovers. Without CJ, <laughs> we Without need to put CJ. that in there. But don't make that not list. Don't don't not listen to it because of that. I promise we're we're a fun group. You should listen. They're it's fun. Let me tell you this: they're better than when I host. Uh, no. And sketch, sketch. Where they're better I... than when I host. No. Yeah. <laughs> no sketch. We I can all have that opinion. we know we all know they're, the order. They're it all goes... better than when I host because I never host. <laughs> it goes sketch. Order. It goes sketch. Curl. Paul. V. Lord thousand other people than cj that's how it works well that's not the true because i learned the from worms CJ. in the dirt <laughs> <laughs> wait curl you learn stuff oh wow i actually take I that i learned stuff from you no fruit. Oh, and wow. sketch i learned it from you <laughs> wait a minute i that's didn't i didn't know this making fun. okay now we're getting really silly <laughs> sketch where can they find you i know i know so i'll be delightfully silly <laughs> Mm, yes. Uh, yes, mm, quite. Mm, mm, yes, mm, mm, yeah. Spot of tea. Mm. Mm. It's spot. It's spot. <laughs> okay, you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And uh, you can find our uh, uh, boss, <laughs> Paul Pascrillo, at Paul Pascrillo. <laughs> he just had another kid. Wish him well. And he CJ. <laughs> Where can they find you? You can find me angry on Twitter at CJ Mavris, uh, and you can see all the stuff I write on tsunamifaithful.com. Uh, haven't started streaming yet. I keep saying this. Maybe there will be a time where I stream. Maybe. Although I need to see Demon Slayer moving train before I start that. So that that's that's going to be tabled for now. But you can find me there. Uh, obviously, definitely check out the Tsunami documentary if you haven't already. Uh, I do have an interesting kind of idea that isn't a documentary, so don't worry. It's not going to be that long. But I do have an interesting idea that I'm going to be mapping out 
hopefully for next year should be something fun and it does it does actually involve potentially someone who is on this podcast episode right now who could it be it's exciting uh but yeah uh hopefully you guys enjoyed our commentary about fire force um this was honestly a really great episode despite the fact that it has gone a little longer than i normally uh like for my episodes that i host i think it's all actually well worth the listen surprisingly (laughs) we're not just bullshitting as we usually do and on that note i really hope you guys enjoyed for listening thank you for listening to every episode or any episode that you can and we cannot wait for the next one so we'll see you there bye